What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. I'm Alex Miller, joined by Abigail Ochoa. It's week two of the Texas high school football season. Abigail, we made it through week one. It was a little crazy yeah. last week. Um, what are some initial thoughts on the first week of the season? Um, I mean, it's definitely a week one. I think you can tell that these guys are really excited to be back. I mean, there were some games that were just complete blowouts. Um, kids ready to score and get get in the end zone. But then, you know, you had some upsets, um, some good things, you know, some good things happened, some teams that weren't expecting to, to maybe win or maybe even lose. And then, um, of course, sadly, we did have injuries, you know, key injuries this week, um, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But um, definitely a, a jam-packed week one. Um, I got to go on the road two times last week and it's already week one. So <laughs> um, it's pretty exciting, but yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff happened. Well, let's jump right into the action. Yeah. Abigail, you really put in the miles last week, getting that, yeah. getting that mileage expense. Uh, you know, let, let's start with college station. That was the first game of the season. Cougars just cruised past Hutto. You know, what, we, we, we kind of expected they would win, maybe win a, a little big, uh, but what did sure. you see from the Cougars in that first game? Yeah, I think we obviously expected they, – they kind of blew out Hutto whenever they Hutto was here last year. I think they expected the same thing, even though Hutto did return a lot of good guys, and, and I thought they may give them some fight there. But I think the biggest thing that we saw um, – you know, Huff, uh, Steve Huff mentioned before the game that he was going to be really be looking to special teams to really figure themselves out and really make a difference and an impact. And I think that was the biggest thing that I took away from, from watching that game. I mean, <clears throat> Mason Cashin with the 38-yard kickoff return, you know, in the opening kickoff, and then you get uh, Traylon Sewell to go 81 yards um, on a punt return, I believe. Uh, and, and, you know, they always had College Station either starting in Hutto territory or pretty dang close to Hutto territory. So I think that was a big thing. Um, that, that was the reason for the 59 to 11 score. Um, you know, College Station was <clears throat> in Hutto territory. They, they didn't have to take it down that far. And, and uh, we know what, what Jet Huff and his receivers can do. We know what Traylon Sewell and um, Mark, uh, Marquise Collins can do on the, on the ground. So. Um, it did take long for those scores to, to, you know, to come up. But I think that was the biggest thing was seeing special teams. And then obviously their defense stepped up. I mean, we, we've been talking about their defense all year pretty much. And, and uh, we really saw it um, on, on Thursday. Sorry, I almost said Friday. We, we saw it last Thursday. But, um, you know, they didn't let Hutto get past the 50-yard line um, at all in the first half. I think Hutto only had – about four first downs um, in the first half. So, I mean, a, a big, big night for uh, defense. But um, I think special teams really took the, the cake there. Yeah, you know, Cougars, as we said, they cruised past Hutto. The other game you went and watched, though, Brian, they kind of struggled in kind of that, that – it, it, was, it was a game that was scrambled together at the last minute just because of cancellations already due to COVID, unfortunately. And – you know, Lucas Lovejoy, they're, they're one of the favorites down in 5A Division Two, And that was one, man, we, we saw, unfortunately, a, 
pretty serious injury. You know, what can you say about the Vikings and what's going on there? Yeah, it was a really tough week for them. Um, you know, I mentioned it in my story, the, the pregame hurdles that they had to go through, the changing the game, changing location. Uh, I mean, they were going to go down the street to Waller. I, it, it was it was not going to be a bad first week. And then it changed to Lucas Lovejoy, who was like, probably going to make a state run this year. And then, um, you know, you lose your head coach um, a couple of days before the game and um, due to COVID. So it was just a lot of stuff happening before the game even started. And then when the game did start, I mean, the trouble started piling up from there. Um, the Vikings couldn't get anything going in, in the beginning, uh, in the first half. And then, you know, Malcolm Gooden finally got the chance to throw a little bit, see that arm that we saw last year. And it kind of, um, you know, he got hurt on, I, I believe it was the third play that he had threw um, the ball and he ended up getting hurt. And I'll have an update on him a little bit later. So stay tuned for that. But um, yeah, it, it just kind of all piled up for them. I think Gooden didn't get a chance to to show what he could do. Obviously, you know, he, it was a lot of it was a lot of running, which they do to establish the passing game, obviously. But um, you know, the run game just wasn't working for them, and and Lucas Lovejoy really took advantage of that. And you know, they were stopping them left and right, and then of course they would go and score. So um, it, it was just a it was just a hard week one for them. You know, uh, Brett Page, the interim head coach, you know, was just saying after the game, we just have to kind of put this out of our mind and keep going. I mean, that's it's week one preseason, obviously um, doesn't matter as much for the record, but still you don't want to lose and uh, losing that way, especially. So um, it's really just about them getting back and, and um, you know, really putting week one behind them. For sure. You know, I guess the question is now with, with Gooden out kind of indefinitely, we will have an update on him hopefully in the coming days, but you know, where do you think Brian's going to turn to a quarterback and how tough is it to lose a guy like that? I mean, he's probably one of their best players on the team. Yeah, it was really tough. You know, I, I nobody really saw the play where he actually got hurt. We were all looking because he threw a 38 yard pass to, um, now I can't remember. I Tate, um, I think it was. So, you know, he threw that long pass. It was the longest pass that they threw all night. Everybody was looking at Tate, um, catch it. Nobody was really paying attention to Gooden. And, um, you know, he was on the floor after that play. And it was a late hit. Uh, Lovejoy got called for a late hit um, on Gooden. And he stayed down. Um, they brought the stretcher out. He put up a thumbs up. So, um, but yeah, I think so Carson Dillard, um, I can't remember right now if he's a junior or senior, um, but he came in um, as a backup quarterback. Um, I believe he came from Consol. He is new to Brian. I do know that. Um, but yeah, he came in. He he didn't do bad. I I, I think under the circumstances, um, he actually did pretty well. I, he threw for 59 yards. Um, he did have an interception, but you know, I think Lovejoy is just such a strong team that they were able to just capitalize on anything that any little mistake that Brian made. Um, so, you know, we, it wouldn't be fair for me to say that he did bad or, or that he was a bad backup or anything like that, because I think we didn't really get to see him. Um, we don't, we definitely didn't get to see him start the game. We didn't get to see him against, you know, I think, I think at that point, Lovejoy was already up by so much that it wasn't really fair, but um, I think for his first time being in there, 
Um, he did well under the circumstances, and I think it'll be exciting to, uh, assuming that they're going to start him this this week against College Park, and so it'll be in interesting to see um, how he starts, how he, you know, deals with the receivers and stuff like that, um, because obviously, you know, the before the season started, we were talking about Gooden and how excited we were to see him again. He's the dual threat quarterback. Great guy for them. You know, it's a, it's a tough loss, loss for sure. But, um, you know, I, it'll be really interesting to see what Dillard does um, when he gets that first start. And I think Brian's going to just have to kind of roll with the punches here. For sure. AM Consolidated, they rolled past Waco University 68-7. to That was the game that I got to watch Friday night. You know, one of the big questions for the Tigers coming in this season was how things at quarterback would shake out. Brody Daniel won that starting job in fall camp, and he certainly provides, provided some answers. He had that seven-touchdown performance. Uh, you know, Keyshawn Thomas and Wesley Greaves, I mean, they were, they were some really reliable targets. You know, he hit, he hit Thomas out of the back backfield a couple of times on some yeah. on some screens uh you know Wesley uh, a couple of backside posts the same play wide open over the top for some touchdowns you know and then at the same time you know Brody Daniels showing a little bit of his athleticism moving over from receiver I mean there was a moment he scrambled out left looking like Johnny Manziel out there so <laughs> you know Take, take it with a little grain of salt, maybe. Waco University, not that great of a team. But, you know, you definitely like to see what you saw from Consol, um, you know, especially after they didn't do too hot at State 7-on-7, seven seven, where they normally have a pretty good showing. Um, you know, on defense, I thought their front seven was a as advertised. You know, Jaden Thomas really hyped it up of, hey, this is going to be the strength of our defense. That that linebacking core is really solid with, you know, Tyndall McNamara, Cole Eckhart, Brock Slayton. And then on the D-line, Thomas, he's the veteran. They got some new guys in there. But you see the size and you see the, the learning curve taking off a little faster maybe than expected. Um, you know, unfortunately, they had, a, they had a starter get hurt late in the game, likely won't be available this week. But – Great start for Consol, and they jumped into the top ten at five A Division two this week. So they're they're getting noticed uh, for that kind of outing. So you know, Travis was at the Rudder game, and Rudder moved past Bastrop pretty good. You know, just just looking for tra what Travis wrote and what Coach Ezar had to say. Uh, it seemed like defense was kind of the story for the Rangers, only holding or holding Bastrop to only 162 yards of offense and only 30 on the ground. So that that's a pretty impressive uh, start for the Rangers. And then, you know, we, we knew what they could do on offense a little bit, uh, obviously bringing EJ Ezar back, you know, they, they have the new receivers, but, you know, coach Ezar pretty optimistic about where they stand. Um, you know, guys like MJ Hurd, he got in, he got in on some of the action uh, Montavian Reed, pretty solid in the backfield. So, you know, if, if you're rudder, you, you probably like what you see out there. And th that's a good start for them. Cause, cause they're going to have a pretty solid test this week. I think so. And, you know, we've talked in years past about how, you know, their offense has always been kind of on the straight and narrow. We don't really have to worry about them in the sense, obviously when, when 
EJ had a Keith Ron, with Keith Ron Lee, we didn't really, <laughs> I mean, the only thing we talked about is pretty much that duo, but um, we've never really worried about offense so much as we have defense. And I think, especially since this is the year that they really are pushing that playoff spot, um, they really want it. And I think defense has been the missing piece in the past couple of years since um, Izar has been there. And I think, I mean, obviously it's just a preseason game and, you know, it was a pretty large margin. They obviously beat faster up last year too by a big margin, but um, it's really good to see, like you said, it's see the defense really step up and, and that, you know, they had a better had three unanswered touchdowns um, against fast drop. So I think that's, you know, it, it's a lot of confidence to give to that team. Um, who's really on the, they have playoffs on their minds. So. For sure. Well, well, down at the private school level, I got a chance to watch Allen's season opener against BB Chia on Thursday night. Uh, Allen coming away with the win late into the night lightning delayed that one for quite a while. Um, you know, Allen coming off the state championship game appearance last year, a lot of, a lot of key guys graduated from that team. You know, you can see them kind of dealing with a little bit of the growing pains, but they had their moments. They had their flashes uh, for a team that that's still trying to, to form itself and maybe find a little bit of identity. I, I really liked what I saw from uh, Jahu Lee and Aiden field, you know, Ethan Lucas back at quarterback. He was pretty solid. Um, Luke Meadows was pretty good on both sides of the ball, but you know, BB Chia, they gave them a really good fight. Allen is a very, is still a very talented team and probably going to be a contender down there in that, in that tap six man level. But, you know, I, I was pretty impressed with how BB Chia hung with them. You know, Owen Davis is definitely for sure their guy, Yeah. but they, they've got a couple other guys out there that can make some plays too. So, you know, you, you like what you see from Allen and maybe a little more optimistic about BB Chia too. Uh, Abigail, what, what's one area game that caught your attention last week? Um, yeah. So I think Burton really caught my attention. I think uh, after our media day, just talking with uh, Coach Hody, I, I got really excited about Burton. I think they're going to do well this season. Um, you know, we don't talk too much about them. Um but I think, especially after last season, they go, you know, four and seven overall. Um, I think they're going to have a really good year this year. And I think that started, that was going to start with this game against Holland. Um, you know, last year they lost, um, I, I can't remember the final score, but they lost to Holland last year, kind of started the chain reaction of them having trouble. You know, they weren't sure who their starting quarterback was. They just had a lot of the young guys that weren't used to Friday Night Lights and it just kind of rolled on from there. And I think um, really getting this win this early was probably pretty important to the Panthers. I would think that, that this game was one of the ones that they really wanted to redeem themselves. Um, Holland, was, Holland was projected to win this by eight, I believe. So I think uh, Burton won 32 to six. I think they really wanted to show what they have, the talent that they have and what, what they could do. Um, they showed some promise in the run game, you know, with Logan Kopansky and Tyrone Gilman and, um, that was really nice to see. I know they do have a start, more of a starting quarterback this year, but um, it was really nice to see the run game come in. Um, Defense-wise, we know the Heinz brothers um, kind of lead the way there. Um, they had Burton had three fumbles that that ended up being three touchdowns, um, which is exactly what you want to see from your defense, especially this early on. 
against a good team like Holland. And then, um, you know, Waylon Hines had nine tackles. And then you get a, a trio of guys who have six each. I mean, I think it was it was a great game all around for them. They're already showing how much they've improved from last year um, just with this single game. So uh, that game really caught my attention. Uh, but what about you, Alex? What did you see this week? Yeah, the one that caught my attention was Snook taking down uh, for a Houston Cashmere uh 30 or 43 to 18 excuse me the Garrett gang that's what I'm gonna call them they took they took (laughs) care of business uh four rushing touchdowns for sophomore Garrett Heivel and uh coach Conway's debut with the Blue Jays you know we know what they've got in quarterback Garrett Laro um but seeing a sophomore kind of emerge like that that that's big and uh anytime a 2A school can beat a 4A school that's impressive. Um, you know, I, when we talked with, when we talked with step for our season preview, he kind of noted Snook was a team that he had his eye on in the Brazos Valley and, and rightfully so. I mean, Co- coach Patterson did some great things and, and, you know, I think coach, coach Conway came into to a pretty good situation and is, and it's just um, picking up where, where they left off. And it's, it's been, it seems like it's going to be a good transition, but, uh, Snook's going to have a tough test this week. They're, they're on the road against Thorndale. That, that's always a pretty good, scrappy team. Uh, so, so I'm curious to see how the Blue Jays uh, carry over some of that week one success into this week uh, as they go on the road for a pretty tough game. Well, let's move along. Let, let, let's look at week two. Good, good segue there. Um, looking ahead to week two. Um, Abigail – let, let, let's start with, let's start with Brian. Okay. Um, they're going to be playing college park. Uh, that game's at home. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yes. They're playing at Merrill green stadium Friday night. Whew. That's a, we got a lot of teams to remember. Um, <laughs> it's easy to remember though, where Brian's playing because if Rudder's not at home, Brian is probably at there home. You go. and Rudder. Ru- we'll get to Rudder here in a minute. They're, they're going to be making a little hike. Uh, what, what do you think's gonna what do you think's gonna be the most important thing for Brian to, to you know kind of kind of get their bearings back uh, with, yeah. with a new quarterback maybe coach Rogers back on the sidelines um, in a game against a, a team from you know a pretty talent rich area yeah um, well you know I talked to Rogers um, earlier today he said it's to be determined on whether he plays uh, or whether he's he just not going to play uh, whether he's there on Friday. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. There's so much. I, I would love to see out. coach Rogers jot out there and uh, <laughs> see what he can do at the age of, I can't remember how old he is. I think he's over I, 70. Yeah, well, yeah. So he's not, <laughs> he's not playing. He's not their starting quarterback or anything, but um, anyway, anyway, it's to be determined if he's even going to be on field um, for Friday's game. But um, I think either way, I think the same things are still the same. We're going to need to see their special teams and their defense step up. We've talked a lot about their defense this year of, of being really strong. That's where they have the most depth. They have the most guys who can come in and out and, and be fine. Um, we're going to really need to see them step up a little bit sooner this year or this week. Gosh, I, all my words are mis- mixed up, but um they did, they did come back a little bit. They held um, 
Lovejoy to just three points in the second half. Oh, yeah, seven, maybe. I don't know. Gosh, I can't remember now. But um, anyway, they're going to need them to do that in the first half. They're going to need them to step up and stuff. We saw um, Nick Carraway, he got, he got a few good tackles in there um, towards the end of that game, but um, really going to need him and, and all the other guys to really step up there. Special teams, um, you know, getting the better field position and, and not starting so far back in their territory. So uh, they're, they're seven-point favorites, I believe, over College Park. Um, but College Park is bringing a lot of heat, too. So I think it's going to be a really good match to see them, um, how they come back from, from that week one game, how they match with the, the diversity of having, you know, College Park has a senior quarterback at the helm. But they'll have probably Dillard, who's coming in, and maybe didn't even expect to play this year um, at quarterback specifically um, after Gooden's injury. But you know, College Park, they're, they're defending district champs. They have a senior quarterback in, in, in Cody um, Maldata, I think his last name is. And then um, they have a, a Baylor commit wide receiver in, in Ty Buckman. So, you know, it's going to be a big test for Brian. I think luckily they'll be at home. They'll be surrounded by all their fans and in Merrill Green. And hopefully that will give them some confidence. And obviously they're trying to prove themselves after that week one game against Lovejoy but um, it's really just going to take them getting getting faster getting um, their special teams and defense just getting started earlier and I think like I said earlier we'll be able to see um, what what Dillard's capable of um, as far as the offense goes. And consolidated their big favorites again over a 6A school this time they're facing Aldine McArthur uh, you know, what I'm curious to see is if they can put together a number, another dominant performance. Uh, last week was certainly impressive uh, out of the gates. Um, I, I'm curious to see what the Tigers have to follow with. Um, you know, penalties is something I want to see them clean up this week. Uh, there, there were a lot, there were a lot of flags in that game last week. I think 16, uh, I, I'm curious if those guys had to run a little bit uh, because of all the, all the yellow I'm on sure. the field, I'm but, sure. um, you know, l- let's see, let's see how Brody Daniel can follow up last week's big performance. You know, uh, Keyshawn Thomas, he's, he's taken over the starting running back role. He didn't get a lot of carries last week. It was actually Dre minor, uh, the backup who transferred from Rudder a couple years yeah. ago that got the bulk of the carries there in the second half uh, because Consol was finding so much success throwing the ball. Yeah. So, you know, is there maybe a little bit more of a balanced approach this week? Maybe maybe they keep hitting it over the top, and that's just where the Tigers are going to go. You know, coming into the season, I thought maybe the running game would be a little little more little more heavy for Consol, considering what you have with Keyshawn Thomas and considering Brody Daniels got the the athleticism and the in the speed to to run the ball from that from that quarterback spot. But hey if you can throw it over the top and get 40 yards a play, why not? Why not? <laughs> so that, that's, that's really what I'm wanting to see uh, from Consol. On the flip side of town, uh, you know, College Station, see a home opener against Fort Ben Bush, another 6A team out of the Houston area. You know, Abigail, what, what, do, you, what do you think the Cougars need to see uh, from their team this week? 
Yeah, I think it's similar to Gonzaga. I mean, I think the thing that they're looking at most is probably the offensive penalties. Um, they really racked up on, on last Thursday. They had seven for 85 yards. Um, it's not something we're used to seeing from the Cougars, um, but it's really been a topic of discussion with Steve Puff this season. I mean, he talked about it during the scrimmage with um, Temple, and then he talked about it right before they uh, played Hutto this week. And we talked about it again on Thursday, but I think um, that's going to be a really big um, focus for them is just limiting those. Uh, they have a great offense. I think it's just like little simple mistakes that they're making. And especially it's, it's early on in the season, we're getting back in the hang of being in a game and, you know, playing four quarters. But I think um, that's probably going to be something that they're going to want to see kind of go away after the sweep two game, you know, um, they're big favorites against Corbin Bush. Um, I expect it to be similar to um, the huddle game a little bit as far as score wise. And um, I think they're just going to need to keep it going. But I think, you know, you mentioned Kinsaw, maybe we thought that the run game would be more dominant than the passing game and it's kind of switched. And I think um, we definitely saw a lot of running from College Station that I didn't expect. Um, not that they don't have great backs, but I think, um, you know, they have so many targets for Jet um, at the receiver position that I just figure that he would be throwing more. But when the run game is working, why why change it at that point? Um, you got, you know, Traylon Sewell, who's able to do both. He's able to catch and run. And then um, Marquise Collins is always a great guy to see on the floor for, for you. So, and then um, Nate Palmer came in at the end and, you know, by that time, College Station was up by a lot. So he got some good reps in um, in the second half. Um, so I think really they just need to be doing what they're doing um, on both sides of the ball. But I think penalties is definitely going to be, be a big um, piece to, to what they're trying to fix kind of before this, um, before the district starts or before the season really gets going. Rudder Rangers, you know, this is going to be a big test for them uh, playing El Paso Americas out in Kerrville. The game has gotten moved up to 6 p.m. So that that'll be good for the folks driving home late at night. Um, good exposure playing an El Paso team, you know, getting out there, uh, playing playing a team you, you may or may not have ever heard of. I mean, you, you probably have heard of El Paso, but maybe not America's high school in particular. Yeah. You know, I think for the Rangers, a team that's aspiring to finally make the playoffs for the first time, this is going to be a good experience for them. It's a game against a pretty even opponent um, that you don't really know a lot about. It's at a neutral site. Um, it's at a big stadium. So you kind of, you know, I don't know how many fans are going to be there. It's 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 a pretty far drive both ways. But as, as far as situation goes, this is a pretty – good simulation of some sort of playoff game early in the season. Um, and, you know, I think Rudder's a four-point favorite according to the Harris ratings this week. So you, you got to think that um, this this will be a game that, you know, Coach Ezar's hoping will pay off come November uh, for, for Rudder. Um, we'll, we'll see, we'll see uh, what the Rangers um, can do, you know, just, just looking at El Paso Americas, you know, they <clears throat> lost last week to Midland Christian on the road who had a pretty uh, – Midland Christian, we saw at State 7-on-7, seven seven, you know, yeah. pretty impressive team down at the private school ranks. 
So, I mean, even though you lose by five touchdowns, it's, it's no slouch of a team. Um, and I think, um, you know, from what I've gathered, Paso Americas, they have their strength is their defense. And so I know it doesn't look like that by that score, obviously, but like you said, the Lynn Christian, you know, a uh, great team. But um, their strength is their defense. So I think it'll be really interesting to see. Obviously, last week, um, Rudder's offense got off to a pretty good start as far as week one goes. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go against a team that's known for their defense. and. They, they're coming off a losing season, um, El Paso Americas. So I think they're ready to get going. And I think especially after losing week one, um, just such a great team like Mimic Christian, I think they'll be ready to go. But it, yeah, Alex, like you said, it'll be interesting to see um, how they do with this big test on, on the road, almost three hours away. Um, so, yeah. Well, Abigail, what's one area game that you've got your eye on this week? Well, you know, we had a pretty big one in Franklin and Hearn. <laughs> I, you know, we've talked, uh, these are two area teams that we probably talk about as much as we talk about the local teams. Um, you know, Franklin obviously coming off that state title or state runner up um, last year and, and Hearn coming back with a lot of great guys. Um, you know, these are two teams that return um, just a buttload of people and we saw them they were able to play seven on seven pretty well and, and things like that but um I think it'll be exciting to see Franklin's offense go against Hearn's defense <laughs> I mean um I think whoever goes to that game is going to be um just a great watch um you got you know Stephen Kraft Mitchell and Anthony Jackson on the other side of you know guys um like Bryson Malcolm and <laughs> you know all uh, Marcus Reed like it it should just be a great game. And I think um, Franklin, obviously, I think has the advantage this week, um, just as far as um, experience wise. And just, they have so many guys that they brought back. It's hard to compete with that, especially this early. We saw that they obviously got to, they beat Lorena um, in week one after, you know, last season, that was such a heartbreaking loss. They lost by one point, I believe, um, last year to Lorena. So I think um, they're really on a roll. They're ready to prove themselves. But I think Kern is really going to get them, um, push them a little bit, at least pretty early on this season. So that'll be exciting to see. Um, Hearn, obviously, their offense. Um, we have, you know, quarterback um, Keyshawn Langham and um, Zavari Dunn, which um, is just a great duo you, you want to have on your team. And um, so, yeah, I think overall it'll be pretty interesting to see both of them face off against each other. Yeah, I definitely think that game, if Hearn is going to have a chance to win that game, they are going to have to be strong on the defensive line. Um, and you got you got to feel good what you've got with with Anthony Jackson, Stephen Kraft Mitchell, but they're, they're going to have to play some of the games, the game of their lives. Um, this, this Franklin offense is the real deal. Um, and I, I think on offense for Hearn, you know, knowing what Jabari Dunn brings to the table – Hearn's probably going to have to have a couple of other guys step up in a big way because Franklin, sure. I mean, Franklin's defense is as salty as its offense. And <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind it's pretty easy to, to mark down one guy uh, when you, when you've got defensive backs like Malcolm Murphy and Bryson Washington and Marcus Wade. So, you know, I, I think Franklin's going to win that game. Um, but I'm curious to see, if Hearn, if Hearn can be 
pretty competitive against what's going to be a state title contender at the 3A level. Yeah, it'll be a big test, I think. Um, I think I think both teams will benefit from this game oh, as they move absolutely. forward for sure. Um, the game I've got my eye on is Somerville at Anderson Shiro. It's our it's our other game this week that features two area teams. Somerville, that Johnny Leg Verkobi Woodbury connection got <laughs> going last week. I really did. You know, Woodbury, he made our he made our uh, honorable mention uh, player of the week notes, five catches for 100 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, that, that's pretty efficient. Uh, you think about it. So Henderson Shiro, you know, they lost last week um, by a couple scores, but they're always pretty good at home. And they, they beat Somerville pretty well last year. Um, maybe this time around, matchup's going to be a little more even. But Anderson's a tough place to go and win a game at. Uh, but, you know, for Somerville, th- if they win this game, I mean, that can that can be a big boost for them. Uh, just pulling up Somerville from, from last year, you know. Oh. I think, yeah, I think so. I, have, I picked Somerville to win this week. Um, just because I think that they could do it. I, I think last season they had a really hard time get go, getting going and they had a lot of guys who maybe didn't have a lot of experience. They didn't quite know where people were going to go and, and what positions that they were going to fill. And I think this year they're really solid. I think they know exactly who they are and uh, what they can do. And we saw that obviously with Johnny Legg and for Kobe uh, Woodbury uh, last week. And I think that they can do that again. I think they're just really confident this year more so ever than they were last year. And like, like you said, Anderson obviously has a great squad coming in. They, they didn't return a lot of starters, so they're also trying to fill some holes there, but um, they're great at home. And they, you know, they have that win behind them from last year. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see those two go at it, but I, I have Somerville, so maybe they'll surprise everybody and make me look really smart. <laughs> there you go. Well, of note, unfortunately, COVID-19 already affecting some of our area teams. Uh, Brazos Christian's game against San Antonio Holy Cross been canceled. The Eagles looking to get back on the field next week against Corpus Christi, John Paul II, as uh, Coach Hoffmeyer kindly sent to us yesterday. Thanks, Coach. And uh, <laughs> Bremond. Their game against Axtell has been moved up a day. Uh, hopefully, they'll still get to play. Axtell, as a high school, dealing with quite a few active cases. Um, they're they're going to close down school Friday through Tuesday, I believe, trying to stop the spread of the virus. So, yeah, fingers crossed that they're still able to play that game and hope folks at Axtell can get healthy and back to school soon. And then uh, this is a big one, and I I can't we we might be bearing the lead here a little bit, but hey, Lexington okay. Lexington's Jared Kerr, he is out with an undisclosed injury for an undetermined amount of time. Uh, guy that's committed to Texas A and M to play safety. We didn't know that he wasn't playing last week, and uh, Friday night just checking the scores. You see Lexington lose to West, a team they beat last year, 48 to 7. I mean, that, that catches your eye. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that that is obviously a tough hit to the Eagles team. Um, so we're hoping that Jared gets healthy soon. Um, 
But uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's something that we'll keep an eye on and uh, be following in the weeks to come. Yeah, I think we, you know, we talked about it maybe in the first podcast about how Lexington really this year is going to have to learn how to play with more than just Kerr. Um, that was before, obviously, we knew that he was hurt or injured of any kind, but um, I think it still stands, obviously, now, um, of, of them really having to find their guys that are going to step up and take Kerr's um, spot, because obviously we know that he is, uh, he's, he's their guy. I, he does everything for them. Um, we always talk about him. We always hear his name um, when we're talking about Lexington. So um, this is the time um, that they're really going to have to to find that person and, and get in that groove if they want to get in, get far this season. Um, but I think I do have one more update, injury yes. update, um, which we're also burying, but <laughs> um, uh, Malcolm Gooden. Um, so he fractured his um, left leg. That was an injury on Friday um, when he got hit, that late hit. Um, his, his mom did tell me that he is out for the season. Um, they're, they're, they're going to the doctor tomorrow. They're not sure if um, if he needs to just wear a brace and it needs to heal or if it's actually um, further along where it needs to be, where he needs to have surgery. Um, they're, so they're, they're going there tomorrow to, to figure that out. Um, but she did say that he will be on the sidelines on Friday at Mayo Green cheering on his team and, and um, he'll continue to do that throughout the season. Um, but she says he's doing good and, um, that's always really good to hear. I know, but I didn't see the hit personally because I wasn't looking that way, but um, it had to be pretty tough for him to go down like that. And um, he's a junior, luckily, so he'll have another year at Brian, but um, always tough to see in week one. And um, so good to hear that he's at least doing well and they're trying to figure it out. For sure. Well, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. Follow us on Twitter at Brazos Sports. Send us your scores, please. We, yeah. We'd love to retweet them and be able to keep up with your teams and get to discuss things on this podcast around the area. So uh, be sure to check out theevil.com for all of our high school football coverage. And uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> District play starting next week for hey, a team or two. So for, Alex, <laughs> or for Abigail Ochoa, excuse me, I'm Alex Miller. We'll see you next time on the Brad Sports Prepscast. Yeah.